How are we doing here? Welcome to EA Sports Podcast. We're glad to have you with us. I believe we're on episode six, and we are so excited to be back. I know it's been a while, but um, we are here, and I'm here with Anj. Anj, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Ethan? I am wonderful. Just look outside. Beautiful sunny day. We got some Nickelback here leading us off, and I am a happy camper. And we're here today with our special guest, Adam. This is Adam. This is your first experience being with us. How are, how are you feeling, and are you excited <coughs> for this opportunity? Oh uh, yeah, I really think that it'll be a great opportunity for me to express uh, my emotions about and how I feel about certain sports that we're going to talk about on this podcast today. Wonderful. And I know we typically don't start us off with some music, but we got some um, reviews and saying that a little more pop culture would always be beneficial and that some music might jazz it up a little bit. So we're starting you off today. We might um, keep that song or switch it up, but you know, I like it. Uh, it really resembles uh, this afternoon and we are ready to go. Anj, I say let's start it off with you and um, I believe we have some good basketball news in the off season. Yep, so Dwayne Wade was offered a three-year, $25 million deal to play for the Zhejiang Golden Bulls in China. So, what do you think about that? Remember we talked about this last segment about how... The contract was not offered, though, before. Now it is being... The official contract has been put out three years, $25 million. Correct. I think I gave my opinion on this last time about... I don't think it's necessary for Dwayne Wade to go and play in um, Asia, but he obviously feels that he wants to extend his career. And let me just say this, it goes for this really in any sport. U.S. is a superior platform for sports. Baseball, basketball, football. We are really at the top echelon in the, in the whole world. So Dwayne Wade, he's still performing at a good level here. Just imagine how good he's going to perform in, um, in Asia. And um, his skill sets are just going to be um, just bumped up to that next level. Because, mm-hmm. no offense to them, the competition will be a little bit easier. Yes. That's just how it is going to foreign countries like that. I don't really think he wants to live in Zhejiang, China. I think I read somewhere that Stefan Marbury, a, um, kind of a CBA legend, said that um, where I think the contract is being offered is in like a place close to Siberia. And I don't think Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade's wife, would want to move there. So I don't really think it's going to happen, but... I mean, I don't know. Anything's possible, right? Absolutely. Anything's possible. And trust me, when people have a dream, like playing playing basketball professionally, that's a big dream. Yeah. And I think if his wife sees that he has that much interest, I think they'll go with it. Probably it's not the best place to live and to just develop their, um, their family, but maybe, maybe it'll be a good um, foreign experience for them in the long run. I, I do like it. So Dwight Howard, I'm going to talk about Dwight Howard's Hall of Fame case. So Dwight Howard... There's been a lot of talk for many years on if he should be a Hall of Famer or not. I think early on in his career with Orlando, there was a lot of talk that he's a great player and that he should be in the Hall of Fame. But then he started to really go down after he left Orlando, played for Los Angeles, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte. And now here he is with the Wizards. Do you think Dwight Howard should be in the Hall of Fame or not? Well, you bring up the word case, right? And with case, I think of a court. And you can call me the judge because case is closed. It is a done statement. Dwight Howard, in my opinion, is a foolproof complete 
Hall of Fame player. I, agree. I look at his career. He has done so much leading his teams to contention. Not he even led, contention. He led the Magic to the finals and they had an awful team. Exactly. He has demonstrated that leadership ability and he has proven, even at how old is he? I don't even know how old is he now. He's getting up there in age. He's older, he yeah. is still performing at a high level. He is a veteran presence. He is strong and he just he has the ability to rebound, block, and score the basketball. I love Dwight Howard and I think he is easily a Hall of Famer. If you look at the tapes about oh, Dwight Howard's 32, so 32 yeah. years old in this game, that's you're getting, getting older, there, yeah. right? Um, and if you look at just – you go back in the footage and you look at his slam dunk competition, he revolutionized that competition and right. he made it something that people wanted to watch because before him, it was a little bit boring. The dunks were more standard. He came in. He's raising the hoop to 12 feet. He's mm-hmm. dunking from ex- crazy places that no one would higher. even dream of. Exactly, that was an easy 12-foot dunk. Exactly. He's, I remember one dunk, he threw it behind the backboard, caught it, came around, and yeah. dunked it in the basket. Amazing. Superman will go in the Hall of Fame, and if he doesn't, I would not be very happy. That's very true. I think I completely agree. Dwight Howard, during his days with Orlando, he was a very great player. I remember <laughs> watching him. When he left Orlando and went to Los Angeles, I think that's where just everything went downhill for him. But... Maybe in um, Washington he can do something and help John Wall. Maybe a kind of a contributing piece to that team. I absolutely agree. I think he's a good, perfect fit in, um, with the Wizards. So, All right. going Moving on, we're talking about Vince Carter, the oldest player in the NBA, has just signed with the Atlanta Hawks. Here's a little fun fact. The Atlanta Hawks drafted Trey Young. His father is the same age as Vince Carter. That is something very, very interesting. Vince Carter's had a great career. He might be a Hall of Famer. You he just will be a Hall of Famer. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Great in the dunk contest, saying that again. He revolutionized that whole thing. Um, played a fantastic career. He's bounced around a little bit later in his career. I think more than Dwight Howard. Yeah, I think he really revolutionized the dunk contest. If you watch that 2000 dunk contest, I think forever that will be the greatest of all time. Just the difficulty of dunks. And now you, all, you see people kind of aspiring to be a dunker like Vince Carter. Absolutely. Vince Carter's been bouncing a lot around his career later. That's that's very typical for yeah. an older player trying to get one-year contracts. Um, I think this year's going to be the last. Uh, I think he's been slowing down a little bit. I know his age is definitely catching up to him like it 41. does for everyone. And he's had a great career. I don't see why it's necessary for him to prolong it unless he truthfully still has passion for the game. He's in great shape, though. I know it gets to players when they're getting up in their 40s, especially the late 30s, early 40s, where just the workouts and the exercise is just too much for mm-hmm. them. It's the, they're having a hard time competing with these young, fresh 20-year-olds coming right out of college yeah. and performing at a high level. So Vince Carter, great career, and I'm happy that he signed. We'll keep an eye on him, and then we'll also make sure we're keeping up on what he'll do for next year, if he'll retire or what or whatnot. So. All right, moving on. Carmelo Anthony just got the trade with the Hawks just went through. And now he was released and waived by the Hawks, and he plans on going to Houston. Many people have a problem with Carmel Anthony not accepting that his best days are behind him. He had a quote saying that, Only I know when it's best for me to come off bench. I didn't agree with that. I think Carmel Anthony is way past his prime. I think he just needs to accept that he's a bench player and that he can be a solid six-man for a contending team. Carmel Anthony does not have many awards to show for it. I don't think he's never made it past the Western Conference Finals, which he was in with Denver. That's the farthest he's ever gone. What I, do you I, think? You know, it's like, 
I do hear his statement. I, I think it does make sense. He knows when he's out of his prime because obviously we don't know how he's feeling. We don't know how he can perform. Right. But um, just by watching him, he does not look like the same Carmelo Anthony as he did with the Knicks and uh, with Denver. He just doesn't look the same. This, to me, pr- shows so much arrogance. He needs to look at the facts, look at the stat sheet, and say, hey, I'm not that same player. He's too arrogant and closed-minded to understand that those days are kind of behind him. I get what he's saying, right? He wants to be like, I, I'm the only one. He wants to be macho and all this. I know when I'm done playing well. But you got you to gotta look at the score sheet, right? And it's not it's not going well for him. It's pretty much like we're going down a sledding slope, right? And we're, we're almost reaching the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. We're going fast. We're going straight downhill. His career was at peak. Knicks, doing a, he had a great – he's leading that team to – not, not somewhat contention, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe they're they playing well with him. I think then it just like spiraled down with OKC there, and it has just not yeah. been good. Maybe he can bounce back. You never know, but I think after the season he had with OKC, I really don't see him coming back to star power. Maybe it gives him more motivation, because he had a horrible season with OKC, not yeah. well-respected at all. Yeah. And this might give him motivation to play harder, to try harder, because it is psychological. When a player has really down season, they're now more motivated... To have a better season. That's just human nature. If we fail at something, we want to do better. So I think this the psychological game might now be there with him. And he now mm-hmm. is going to fight even harder to do better. I agree. I think it's just for Melo, I think he's out of his prime. So Adam, I know we haven't really got to you. What do you think about this whole Carmelo Anthony situation? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that he is done. Uh, and he already had his... His prime is in his past, and I honestly don't see him becoming a key player anymore. I mean, obviously he's a good player, but I don't think he's. I don't think he can come back from the dead and show everyone that he was the Carmelo Anthony he was uh, when he was on the Knicks. I agree with you completely. We're gonna move on to Isaiah Thomas. We all know how he signed with the Knicks, with the Nuggets. So the reason he now said of why is because of the coach. The Nuggets coach is Mike Malone. Isaiah Thomas was drafted to the Kings, and the Kings had Mike Malone as coach. Isaiah Thomas said that he trusts Mike Malone, and that was one of the major keys in his decision. He also was saying something about how he's ready to mentor the Nuggets' young point guard, Jamal Murray. Adam, I'm going to start with you. What do you think about Isaiah Thomas signing with the Nuggets? I know me and Ethan talked about it, but what do you think about it? I think he's going to be... I mean, the Nuggets don't have huge, big playmaker so I feel like he's going to uh, bump it up a lot and I feel like he's going to show that I mean I've heard the saying I mean obviously one man can't make up a team but he can definitely be a key component and so I feel like he'll be able to uh, show off show his uh, skills and his talent and I feel like He'll be a good addition to the Denver Knights. Actually, I'm going to rebuttal what he said. I actually, I disagree. They do have playmakers. Yeah. They have Jok- Nikola Jokic, Jokic who is at a full contract, right? He is Murray, great player, great young star. They do have players to build around. And I think Isaiah Thomas coming in there, and let's just say he gives them a little bit of a spark. That's going to lead them into a good position in the playoffs. The Nuggets are a team that are built for now. They are young, and they'll be stable mm-hmm. throughout. They gave Jokic that extension. Yeah. They, they, he will be there for a while. So I like the Nuggets team, and I think Thomas can only make them better, yeah. either if that's playing on the court or being a mentor. Either or, he'll make them a better team. So I, I like it. 
But you know, that's, that's, that's kind of weird, Notch. I've never really heard a player going to play uh, for a team because of the coach, right? I hear that sometimes about, like, Popovich, like, you know, yeah. like the greats. I think he just really but liked Malone. Mike Malone. I think he just really liked Mike Malone when he played in Sacramento. I think he was a very good player there, and I think Mike Malone maybe brought out the best in him, and it might be kind of a way for him to revitalize his career after last season. Yeah, you never know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We're going to move on to New York, where David Fisdale took a trip to Latvia to visit Christos Porzingis to discuss his rehab. Fisdale is the new coach of the New York Knicks, and he's starting to get to know his players. Do you like him going to Latvia to meet his players? Yeah, Fisdale, he was a great coach. Um, He has a lot of experience, and, you know, I do like that because it shows that he is going the extra mile um, to make sure that his players are okay. Um, He's making sure that um, he's going that extra mile because, you know, players can come to him or he can go to them, right? Mm -hmm. And just like in any sort of agreement or anything ever in life, I'm just going to tell everyone, it says a lot. Let's just say you and someone get into a disagreement. If you're the first one to come say sorry, that says a lot about your character. It shows that you're willing to go the extra mile to do something for that person. It shows that you care. And it shows that you are devoted to whatever it is. In this case, it's he's devoted to Porzingis' health. Mm-hmm. So, And that shows a lot. As a player, I would feel greatly respected and greatly cared for that my coach... Fisdale would be doing that for me, so I do like that move. Adam, what do you think about this? Do you like David Fisdale going all the way to Latvia to meet with his star player? I think it shows a lot of character, and I think it shows uh, what kind of uh, person he is. I mean, uh, coaches don't normally uh, they don't normally show this much. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say care, but they don't show as much interest. And to tr- for him to travel across the country just for. Uh, one player and to care about his health and obviously uh, Porzingis is a crucial player in the uh, crucial player and all but I feel like as a coach and as what he did for uh, Porzingis and traveling all the way to Latvia that shows a lot of character and uh, care and respect about uh, Fisdale and I feel like he's a suitable coach for him. I agree. A team that was that was planning to to get David Fisdale but ended up getting with Mike Budenholzer was the Bucks. They end up making a small signing, signing Pat Connaughton, who used to play for the Blazers, to a two-year deal. I'm not really going to get much into that. The Raptors, I know Ethan will like this one. The Raptors are thinking about getting Greg Monroe mm. to fill out their roster. You know, so I what do you think about this? I a whole segment talking about this, but now, Greg Monroe, I'm, I'm just going to start us off back, right? Greg, Mon- Greg Monroe reminds me of me. I, I want, I just want. Oh my god. I want to play just like him. He is a player that I have deep respect for. He plays in the post, he is effective. He's a scorer when he gets the opportunity. He can also rebound the basketball. Greg Monroe has been, he has had a great start to his career. Went to Detroit. Great start. That was the only place where he was good. First year on the Bucks. He had an exceptional year. And then it kind of all started to go downhill when the Bucks started getting younger, more athletic centers such as Thon Maker and John Henson. He, tra- he went to the Suns, and he, did, he b- bounced to the Celtics. He just bounced around. Maybe with the Raptors, he can finally find a home in which they can appreciate him for who he is, and that is a scorer and a rebounder. That's what he is. I... I- I do like Greg Monroe a lot, and I think this is a great signing for the Raptors. 
He is undervalued and underestimated by almost every single player and coach in the NBA. And it is a sad thing to see. Because even on the Bucks, when he supposedly wasn't playing well, you look at his points per minute, it well exceeded John Henson's and Don Makers. He just didn't get the opportunity. He never gets the opportunity. It's sad to see. If he's a starter and he gets to play those 30-plus minutes, he will put up great numbers. I don't think he'll start because I think Serge Ibaka kind of has that starting role at power forward for the Raptors. But I think he'll be a pretty solid piece like he was in Boston last year. I think he can come off the bench and give some valuable minutes. We're going to go to our final NBA news. The biggest, I think, by far. The Rockets are able to sign back Clint Capella to a five-year, $90 million deal. I'm going to start with Adam on this one. Do you like this deal? I think... uh... His five-year, $90 million deal uh, uh, for the Rockets is it's a big thing, but I also feel that maybe he's not suitable for the Rockets, or maybe he's not the, the one that they need, because I personally feel that he needs to find a home and a place where he can show off his talent. And I know he's a really talented uh, player, but I feel like he's just not... Reaching his full potential on the Rockets. I completely, yeah, I, I, completely I completely disagree. disagree. Clint Capella fits with the Rockets like those 1,000-piece puzzles, and he's that 1,000-piece. Yeah. He fits there perfectly. That pick-and-roll action that they have there works perfectly. Pulls down rebounds. They're a shooting team. You're going to yeah. have someone that can draw down rebounds. And now, Anj, I actually watched this. Um, I was reading this article in which he's now learning to put the ball on the ground to take yeah. some dribbles in the post and also to kick it out to shooters. That's going to help them even more and make them a more well-rounded team. I'm yeah. going to completely disagree with Adam. Yeah. I think that's perfect for him, and he, he actually has reached his full potential. Yeah, I think do you, but I, do you, th- you were just talking about this earlier, about Greg Monroe not having the chance to bring and show off his But I mean, talent. Capella's with had With Harden that. on the team, I just don't feel like he can... He can well, I think, there's a, I think there's a stat I read. The Rockets with Capella, Paul, and Harden on the floor and during the regular season yeah. were 42-3. and three. So I think Capella is a very... I think he's the third best player on that team. I really don't think he has anything to prove. I think he's an elite center in the NBA. I really don't see anything he has to prove. Yeah, because James Harden actually has 8.8 assists last year per game. So that's almost nine assists. And I would say many of them came to Clint Capella. So Clint he, Capella in the post. And or Capella had also come, I'm pretty sure, a couple assists just kicking out to shooters on the outside. Like... They had Trevor Ariza, P.J. Tucker, and all those guys. And so I like I like this move personally for the Rockets. Absolutely. I think it's... Uh, for Capella as well. I mean, I think he can really... He's making grow. a lot of money. He, yeah. This is a good contract he for him. Grow, he can also grow with Houston. I think Houston has a really good gem in Clint Capella. I agree. Well, I mean, that's all we have for basketball. I'm going to throw it over to Ethan for some baseball. So this time in baseball, it's definitely about the trade deadline. And we're, I'm just going to look... The, my segment today is going to be very focused on acquisitions and kind of just how that all looks and how that shapes these teams going down the stretch and hopefully leading some of these teams to October. So I'm going to start now with um, Chris Archer, one of the, the ace for the Rays after Blake Snell kind of had some injuries after the All-Star game. Chris Archer is, so many teams are interested in him. He's a good young piece that is controllable. They want someone that can, they can control. The Yankees, Dodgers, the Padres are just a few clubs that are looking in to Chris Archer. Anch, how do you feel that how much of an impact will he make on a contending team who just needs that one more piece in that rotation? Well, I'd like to just ask a question. Why did the Rays want to get rid of him? I don't, I don't understand this. Because the Rays right now, look at their division. Their division is 
so competitive. They have the Yankees and also the Red Sox, and they're not close at all to getting them. Chris Archer right now is young. He is controllable, and they want to get rid of him now while he still has value. Right now, he has a lot of value, and they can get a lot of young prospects back for him. They're going to want a, a big part of the farm in, in exchange for Archer. Going on, the Astros, who are top in their division, and a very good pick for um, winning the West, just actually found out that Jose Altuve is injured. He's on the 10-day DL with a knee injury, and this is actually the first time in his career that he has been injured. So kind of a new thing for um, Altuve and definitely for the Astros. How do you think, how do any of you guys think, how does an injury of probably your best player change the whole morale of a team? I feel like an injury can, I mean, it's not a good thing, but I can also see it as something where other players can show who they really are. And, I mean, obviously a best player, like, let's say I'm putting in my terms, like, Tom Brady gets hurt for the Patriots. And so, obviously there's going to be some guys that need to step up, but I feel like if they can step up in a way that they can show their coach and show who they really are and their full potential, then I feel like in the long run, they'll be able to make the team better with an additional piece of uh, injury getting better. And it'll, it'll just I feel like it'll bring up the team. And So, Ansh, do you agree with that statement, which when your best player gets hurt, do you think that hurts or helps the team? Oh, Obviously that, it hurts. that definitely hurts the team. I mean, I understand what Adam's saying, though. It makes other players have to step up. But you, don't, but you never say that your best player getting hurt. Is a, is a blessing in disguise. You never say that. But he's right in some way. It does make other players have to step up. But wouldn't be having the best player in the lineup, looking at his stats and saying, geez, I, I want to emulate him. Won't that make players also step up their game without him? But it also gives, like, I'm just saying from Adam's point of view. It also I want to hear your point of view. That's why you're on the show. Okay, well then, <laughs> well then personally, I think Altuve being out, Definitely affects the Astros, but I don't think it's going to affect them too much. Correct. They, the they Astros have a nice are, very, lead. are very balanced. Five team. games over the Mariners. They also have a lot of other good players besides Altuve. They have, Absolutely. They have a bunch of great guys that I feel like they can step up in his place. Wonderful. And um, going now, staying in the AL, the Yankees have, are fighting with the Red Sox for that top spot. They definitely want to get the top spot because they know if you are in that wild card game, it's a one game all up in the air. Whoever's in it is going to be a good team, so you really never know. They acquired J.A. Happ from the Blue Jays and also Zach Britton, probably one of the elite closers in the game, from the Orioles to bolster their rotation and their bullpen. And I also mentioned in the very first uh, conversation, they are also looking at Chris Archer. So if they get Happ and Archer, this will make them have a wonderful rotation that needs a lot of help. Sonny Gray, struggling. CC Zabathia is getting a little bit older. They're going to have to really fix this rotation. And Aroldis Chapman, frankly, just has not been what he has been the past few years. I was watching a game, and he was only throwing 97. Oof. Sorry to say, 97, only throwing really a fastball and a mediocre off-speed pitch, that's not very good. It's People can adjust to a fastball. Zach Britton, I think, is a great signing for them. And I just want to say, what do you think in the postseason is the most important? I know they're both important. The strength in the rotation or the strength in the bullpen? I think it's the strength in the bullpen because your starting pitchers can do a lot. I saw this in examples for the Tigers. Yeah. The Tigers, when they were in like a very like good place as a team, they had one of the worst bullpens in the league. I remember after the starters went out, I was holding my breath because I knew that 
Oh, yeah. It was possible that we could... Those were the Valverde leave. days. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I remember he went down the drain quick. Yeah, I mean, it was it's just, just like, you need a bullpen. Because the bullpen is like the supporting piece to your starting pitcher. Absolutely. Once your starting pitcher starts getting a little tired, his pitchers are slowing down, you need your bullpen to come in and relieve him. So, I think I think definitely bullpen is the most important. I agree. It's The rotation can only do so much. you got to rely on that bullpen. And typically, the pick... Pl- the pitchers in the bullpen are pitching in more high leverage situations. They're pitching in the situation where ninth inning down by a run. They're pitching in the yep. like because first inning you start at a fresh slate zero zero. These bullpen pitchers come in typically in the postseason very high stress, high leverage situations. So I I would have to agree with you as well. Now I'm just going to rifle through some quick trades, um, quick acquisitions that were made. The A's acquired Drew's Familia. Great signing for them. Helps the bullpen. Brewers acquire Mike Moustakis from the Royals. This one, I kind of was puzzled. They have Travis Shaw, a great power hitter, plays third base. Mike Moustakis also plays third base for the Royals. Adam, Mike Moustakis was playing on a great team. Uh, excuse me, great player playing on a horrible team, which, which are the Royals. If you were a great player playing on a bad team, how happy would you feel to be like, geez, now I'm going to a contending team which are the Brewers. I feel like all good players need the and have the right to be on any team they want, and they should be. And I don't feel like they should be stuck in a, stuck in a hole. Or, I mean, obviously, if I was an amazing player, I would want to be on a team where I can build up my strength and build people and help my skills build around them. Well, that makes it sound like you want to build your players. That means you want to be on a bad team that's trying to rebuild. Is that what you're saying that you'd want to do? I'm not. I mean, I feel like... Obviously, I'd be a little frustrated with a team where I'm not able to fully. I'm not able to lead them to let's uh, lead them to the the big game or lead them to the playoffs. But I feel like as a good player that you need to be sustained. You need to be on a a good team, and you need you can't be on those uh, those underdog teams, and you can't really show off your full talent on a team like that. Alrighty, uh, next trade the D-backs acquire uh, Eduardo Escobar from the Twins. Very good trade for them. Helps definitely their middle infield issues. The Cubs, big trade. They acquire Cole Hamels from the Rangers, left-handed pitcher. And now this makes their rotation very left-hand dominant. They have Mike Montgomery. Now they're going to have Cole Hamels, John Lester. And um, they have a very left-handed rotation. The Chicago starter ERA is only a 4.04, which is very middle of the pack. Now adding Cole Hamels, who is a very experienced pitcher. He has a great ERA at Wrigley Field. Even though he's having a very down year this year, 5-9 and nine with a 4.72, they're looking for him to add some veteran presence and also add a punch to their left-handed rotation. Finally, the Red Sox get Nathan Ovaldi, flamethrower from the Rays. Good signing for them. This will definitely add to their rotation. Good signing for the Red Sox, taking a chance on Ovaldi. So those are all the big trades that occurred. I kind of just want to just hit on some, um, just some congratulations and some kudos to the, every player that made the Hall of Fame. We have Chipper Jones made the Hall of Fame, Jim Tomey, Vladimir Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, and the other two that actually got appointed by the committee, Alan Trammell and Jack Morris. So these are congratulations to all of them. They made the Hall of Fame. They get to join all the greats in Cooperstown. Actually, I, I went to Cooperstown saw all the amazing uh, plaques that they have to, to uh, just to um, appreciate and to show their respect for these players. It's truly amazing. And to now be in the shrine of Cooperstown with all these greats for life, that'd be a great accomplishment. 
I agree. I think getting in the Hall of Fame is any player is just like main goal. I really, I really like the the list of players that were named off. I think they're all legends in their own right and on their teams. But there's a name that I think every year gets brought up. I think you know who I'm about to say, Barry Bonds. What do you, I I know I have my opinion on this, but I've never really heard your guys' opinion. I'm gonna go to Ethan. I'm gonna go to Adam. What do you think about Barry Bonds' Hall of Fame case? So Barry Bonds, I cannot say that he was not a good player. He was a very good player. He played with the Giants and also the Pirates. But I cannot also look away from the fact that he cheated and used PEDs. He did use them. Yeah. And they did bolster his career. You can look at a picture of him when he was on the Pirates and then when he was on the Giants. He's yeah. huge on the Giants, okay? I'm just saying, I can't say whether or not he would have been a Hall of Fame player without the performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. A lot of players use them. A lot of players get suspended. I'm one of the guys. I know some players, some people look at it as, oh, they use it. Well, a lot of people used it back then. I'm not going to take that against them. I'm the type of person who sees it as if they cheated, if they use it, if it was proven, or we could have very good proof of it, I don't think they should be in the Hall of Fame. I entirely agree with Ethan. I feel like using that, uh, he, I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer at all. I, I entirely agree with Adam. You're so right about yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm on the same page. You know, PEDs are no right. And I understand many players in the 90s took them, but you still should not be allowed in the Hall of Fame. For cheating. Absolutely. In my opinion, if you let Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, you gotta let Pete Rose. Yeah, Pete Rose. Pete Rose, he just... He bet on his own game. He gambled, but he bet for his team. It's not like he bet against the Reds, okay? He wanted them to win. He bet. Maybe it wasn't appropriate, but if you let Bonds in, you You gotta gotta let Rose in. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I think Rose should be in regardless. He's actually banned from, like, baseball. Yeah, I don't like that. I think Pete Rose... He bet on his own games. It's not like he bet against his team. Correct. It's just not... It's ridiculous. I don't get it. I agree. Rose should be in the hall. Bonds should be not in the hall. And he should not be playing any more ball or not be doing anything with ball. He is he is a disgrace to the game. He's a cheater. cheating. Biggest cheater. A lot of people cheat. Starling Marte, one of my... Loved him from the Pirates. He cheated. Used PEDs. I'm like, why? He had a great season. Then use PEDs. It's like, oh my goodness, that was a. I'm I'm now very disappointed in him. He's also a big disgrace to the game. Not happy about that at all. And that's all I have for the baseball news. And I guess I'm gonna have to throw a pick six over to Adam, and we're gonna go into football. Okay, hi. Uh, I've been. Uh, how do you guys How do you guys feel about Julian Edelman's four game suspension? Uh, leading I heard up about this. this. I was um, watching ESPN. I was watching Sports Center like I do every morning, and I I kind of saw it pop up. I think I was really sad. I liked Julian Edelman. I really liked him as a receiver. And to see that he took drugs really just made me mad. And I mean, the thing that he said, I heard him say, he's like, I take full responsibility for my actions. Obviously, and, you're not going to blame the drug dealer. <laughs> he's absolutely going to take full responsibility for these actions. But I hope, this is a disgrace. But I hope that this, I hope he learned and that he comes back after his four games and has a great season. I agree. I hope, I hope, I hope, I wish him all the best, right? I wish him all the best. I believe strictly on forgiveness, love and forgiveness. That's my basis of my beliefs. But um, it is hard to forgive a person who is so fortunate, who is so blessed to um, then go into the life of drugs. And I think that's really unfortunate for him. I think he just screwed himself over. He has so much money and he could be doing so much with his life and his money, giving it and giving it to places that need it right. instead of giving it to the life of drugs, which is so sad. And do you think that the Patriots would be a playoff contender losing that star wide receiver and uh, losing the, the, the 
losing that star wide star wide receiver. Um, I think it's only Sorry. four games. I mean, yeah. Tom Brady was suspended four games, and the Patriots, I think, won. was it that the year they won the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, they made. The, I don't know. I I can't really tell you, but Tom Brady was out for the first four games, and the Patriots still had a great season. I really don't think it's going to make too big of a difference. It won't them. make a difference. They'll be completely fine. I, I would have to look at their schedule to see what what teams they play against the first four. But regardless, even without them, they still have great players. Tom Brady, Gronkowski. They yeah. have Gostowski. They have a great team that, regardless of Edelman, they'll be fine. Uh, it's funny that you bring up Gronkowski. He might actually be traded to the Lions this year based on the new uh, Matt Patricia coming to the Lions as a coach. He's a really good mentor for him. Uh, he's a good tight end and all. And so on that note, they might lose another good tight end. But wasn't as as Matt – I'm going to just interject. Wasn't Matt Patricia the defensive coordinator? He was the defensive he, coordinator. So that doesn't make sense to me for him to be a mentor to Gronkowski. He was – between those two, they were – they got along so well. Gronkowski has – they – are always talking and about football on the sidelines and are always conversing with each other. And they get along so well. And so I heard Gronkowski in a press conference thinking about coming to the Lions based on his mentor, Matt Patricia. And as him being a new head coach... When's Gronkowski's contract up? Yeah. They're, they're going to release it soon enough. I... It would have to say because truthfully, it's not Gronkowski's choice to be signed right. to a long-term Obviously. deal. It's with the general managers and the Patricia, our new coach for the Lions, has nothing to do with any of the trades. So I do not think it's going to happen. Period. Well, I mean, the Lions think look Legarrette Blunt, who's a former Patriot, because of Matt Patricia. So I really do think there could be something, but it depends on when. You really think Gronkowski's... the Patriots are going to give up Gronkowski if they have control over the coach? I don't think that they That's have as much control, control as you think they have. I would like to know that. I would like someone to pull that up. Actually, I'm very curious. But we can go on to the next uh, fact. Uh, how do you feel about the new hitting rule, where uh, if any player is hit, hit any part of the helmet during a uh, during a play, even if the uh, tran- transgressor uh, initiates uh, the helmet or lowers their head, do you think that should be a foul, or do you think that should be ejected for targeting? Well, in I know in the NFL there is no targeting rule, and I know in college football there is. I think the NFL definitely needs to get on that and add a targeting rule. I agree. Similar to basketball, in which they have a flagrant... Like if there's any contact, it's just keeping the players safe, and especially Correct. football. It's such a dangerous sport Correct. that there are many parents saying, "No, I don't want you to play football." Which I can understand the parents. I can about. agree. I don't think yeah. I don't want my kids to play football. I think I really don't want them to because it's just. I agree. I think it's dirty. It's so dangerous. I agree. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of the whole tackling. Um, I, I just never felt pleasure of tackling other boys. But you know, some. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's for some people. But I, I, I'm not gonna. Um, Okay. Comment on that, but frankly, I agree. In basketball, they have the flagrant foul. If there's contact to the head, that's a that's a major penalty. Bat and football, they do the same thing. There's targeting to that helmet. There has to be a problem because that's how people get concussions. That's how people get paralyzed and seriously hurt. So they're, we need a rule. They're also basing it off of the yards per game, uh, based on that foul. Do you think it should be seen as a personal foul, or do you think it should be seen as more of? Because right now they're saying about 15 yards for that personal foul as a normal personal foul. Would I like be I like the 15 yards. Yeah, I think yeah. that's enough. At least yeah. 10, 10 minimum, 15. maximum 15 or 20. And going I don't think there's 20 yard penalties, are there? No, they're they thinking. Of, yeah, true. But they're thinking about putting targeting in the NFL. And targeting, you are ejected. Do you think that yeah. it should be more of a yards, or do you think it should be more of you're out of the game? I like the yards and an ejection. Yeah, I I, I'm, an, I'm a fan okay. of both. I think it. You should also get. Um, you should be comp- compensated in the game through yards, and you should also punish the person via ejection. So I like both of those rules at the same time. Yes. Uh, another, uh, another, uh, 
Simon, I have to say, here's Ryan Chase here is uh, attending the uh, Steelers training camp now. He comes, he comes up to uh, coach uh, Mike Tomlin with a cane. He's not in good condition now, but he was one of the, he was probably the best linebacker in Steelers franchise or history. And how do you feel like as a, as a show of leadership for him to come to practice and show that you can come to practice no matter what or think, no matter. I think it like inspires your teammates. Like when you have like a teammate that gets injured the way Ryan Shazier did. And I think when he comes to practice, really just gives their players an extra boost that we're doing it for him. I have like a great example. It was the Red Wings. I know we don't really talk about hockey, but it was the Red Wings after they won their first Stanley Cup in 96-97. There was a car accident. One of the star players, Vladimir Konstantinov, got hurt. The Red Wings went into that next season saying, we're going to win a cup for Vladdy, and they did. That's kind of the thing I think the Steelers are going to do, and I like that. Correct. I have to say just two things on this real quick. I like it. For the team standpoint, because you're kind of like a family. When you're on that yeah. team together, you're a family. And to see your family, someone on your in your family or on your team struggling like he did, it's great to see him come back and show it that, hey, I'm here for you guys. Let's do it. Second thing, for all ages, this shows something. Everyone in life deals with something different. Yeah. Whether those are mental issues, physical issues, anything. People have their own problems. And he shows that there's no excuse to not go to, to support your team and I to learn. That. He's still learning. He's still supporting. There are no excuse. People have a ton of issues, but we need to just show that to persevere is very important. Perseverance is a very important key. I love Thank it. you, Ethan. Thank you much for sharing your opinion. But I also have to say, the most underrated team now in the NFL, they're saying is the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they have Mike Pouncey. They have Jarvis Landry. Do they have Jay Ajayi as well? Or is no, he, they, no, he, he got, got traded. He got traded as well? He got traded to the Eagles. Uh, I had him on fantasy football. He's a very good running back. Yeah, and Ryan Tannehill as well. As I mean, I'm restate the players. Mike Pouncey, Jarvis Landry, and Mike T- uh, Ryan Tannehill. But how do, you f- how do you feel as they're being underrated? I know, Ansh, do you think that they should have more of that boost confidence we're a good team, we need to do this, we need to make the playoffs, or do you think that they should be underrated and they are an underdog? I think every team comes into a season, no matter how bad they are, saying, we are going at this to win a title, no matter what sport it is. Even the Browns. Yeah, I think (laughs) even how bad the Browns are, they're going to come into every season saying, we're trying to win, no matter what, we're not trying to tank, because I think it's really just the point of like, wouldn't you like your coach saying, okay, we're going to come into the season, we're maybe not going to do too well, but let's try our best. I wouldn't like that. I would want my coach to say, I don't care the players we have, I want to win. So I think the Dolphins are definitely going to go in the season saying, we're making the playoffs. Absolutely. I think the Dolphins are maybe a slightly under um, underrated, but I truthfully think it's a fair statement. They're a yeah. good team, but they're not a great team. They're a team that can compete, but not a team I can foresee going deep into the playoffs at all. I cannot see them in the finals or the uh, Super Bowl. I cannot. Nope. It just it doesn't make sense for me. So I think they are rated maybe slightly under, but somewhat fairly. And, I mean, on this topic of underrated players and overrated players, Le'Veon Bell has been missing training camp. And what do you think that shows about it's year after year he's been he's failed to re-sign and communicate with the coach well enough so he could – he's played every single year on the Steelers, but how, what kind of character that shows that you cannot communicate as well or you can't – that just shows to me that that, that right there demonstrates yeah. his character, okay? If this happens for one season, okay, maybe it's a misunderstanding. Maybe it's just a problem. But, no, if it is happening over and over again and keeps reoccurring, there is a problem. This shows him his, 
this shows all of us, all the fans, his character. I don't support someone that won't go to practice and just think he can show up to the game suited up, getting a starting position at all. If I was the coach, I would be disciplining and cutting if he does not come to these practices. I don't care how good he is. Like a coach, I've heard this, one of my greatest baseball coaches, he always told me, I would much rather have a kid who gives 110% and not the best than a kid who thinks he's the best and gives half of that percentage. Because I can, you can teach a kid who gives 100%. I can teach him. You can't teach a kid, or in this case, Le'Veon Bell, who doesn't want to even attend practices. Thinks he's the hot dog of the team. Yeah. This is a straight, he thinks he's the big mama jama of the club. And he's going to get bit, bit in the rear end from this. And I think it's not going to be, be, be very good for him. As another manager, I don't want him on my team. So this is not good this for This really him. reminds me of the Kawhi Leonard situation. If yeah. I'm going back to basketball. He stopped playing because of disagreements with the team. And now I think everyone looks at Kawhi Leonard like, oh my god, what a baby. At least oh, that's yeah. what I look at him at. And I know Ethan the same. You don't have very strong opinions yeah. on this whole morality thing. Le- so. Le'Veon Bell is really not sh- giving himself too much. He's showing other teams that um, I'm not going to be too loyal, but you should still sign me. I don't like it personally. And I think Le'Veon Bell is a great player. And if he shows it on the field, he's going to be... He can do so many great things. I've seen him for years on years on playing great football for the Steelers. I don't like this. Okay, going. Um, we're already on the point of players being babies and players not communicating well. But at Tom Brady's press conference a couple of days ago, uh, a reporter asked him that they Tom Brady saw it to be as something stupid or something not that wasn't supposed to be said there. And going back to Julian Edelman, they uh, the person's name was Globe Benville, and he asked Brady during the uh, during the press conference. Uh, about their connection and how their how their business is going in partnership. Do you think that business and connection and his, the way he plays his game should be brought into the football aspect? Absolutely. I think, if, especially if you have a business connection with one of your teammates, I think then it gives free game to the reporter to ask because, you know, you bring it to the forefront. Like, if Lonzo Ball was asked about his big baller brand, I would think that's appropriate. LeBron was asked about his shoes. I would think it's appropriate. Why can't Tom Brady and his co-business partner be asked about their company together? I don't I don't have a problem with that. Tom, I don't think that's immature. I think it's immature to deny answering the question and to say that it's not appropriate for a press conference. And Tom Brady thought this was ridiculous, this question. I, I also agree with you, Ethan. I mean, why can't you ask someone about... I mean, on the topic of him doing drugs already... Why can't you ask about the connection between you two and how it's going to play out in exactly. football and stuff like, like that? Ange, would you be appalled if someone asked LeBron James about his shoe company? No, I mean, like, if you're going to put it out to the public, then you should not have a problem with people asking questions. Exactly. And I, I don't think the whole drug thing will affect their relationship, but um, maybe it will, maybe it won't. We'll have to keep you guys posted on that. Yeah. Uh, Ange, you know who Soprano is, the coach? Who is the coach? Huh? Does he coach anyone? I don't no, know. he 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 just recently died. And, uh, that's gonna affect. Oh a lot yeah, of, the Vikings um quarterback. Yeah, that's right? gonna. Yeah, I, I heard about that. That's gonna affect a lot of people, but they gotta push forward. Obviously, yeah. he was a really good coach, and he set teams and led them to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. But like, as a great dying, how do you think that's gonna affect? I mean, obviously, we know how it's gonna affect most players, but how do you think they should go about their their football and how do you think they should? They go should about go about it to a business as usual, I think. 
I think they should go. I wouldn't say business as usual. I would say business as better. They should want to go and avenge that person who just passed. They should want to, since they're one of the greats in the game, they should want to emulate them and try to make it in which their professional career had that lasting impact on players. And a way to show that is to give their heart on the field, to do stuff to commemorate him and his career, and to do... I love seeing that stuff at the beginning of the games. To see people doing the ceremonies to celebrate the honor. For sure, I think. Yeah, that's, that's really special. Game, he will be honored, and I think it will be very special for him and his family. I really... I think the Vikings... This is going to, I think, give them a bit of motivation. I really think that they're going to be a let's win a Super Bowl for this guy who gave his, his life and gave everything on the field for his team. That's what I think about it. Okay, uh, finally, I'm going to ask you guys who you think the Super Bowl... Uh, we're going to play a little game here. Who do you think the Super Bowl... Uh, what do you think the predictions are for the Super Bowl this year? Obviously... Eagles, Patriots, they were in there last year, losing a star wide receiver as well as Tom Brady. I don't know. He says he's going to retire at 45 now, and he's getting pretty old. I just, What do you think about his age and how it's going to affect the Patriots franchise in the room? Well, I, for him, usually age is such a big thing in professional sports, but for right now it looks Tom Brady that age is just a number. He is playing mm-hmm. so amazingly at this, at this age, and it's, it's ridiculous. That he can perform at this high level at at an older age compared to most of the players, um, I don't think he'll be a problem. I think next year Tom Brady will be fine, but he definitely with age he's going to be more injury prone. Yeah. That's just going to be a given. So I think, we'll have to see how it plays out. I think there's something that the Patriots are doing wrong. They're not. They're basically thinking that Tom Brady's going to play forever. Like they they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They got rid of Jacoby Brissett. A bunch of these quarterbacks who could have been quarterbacks of the future for the Patriots. I think Garoppolo is really time to get rid of him. But Brissett, I didn't like that move. I think that the Patriots, they do know that Tom Brady isn't going to play forever, and I think everyone knows that. But they need to prepare for his demise. I think they're gonna. I think they're just looking at it as if they have some money. They're a good team. I think when it's time, when Tom Brady leaves, they're just gonna sign a good quarterback. And since it's the Patriots, and who doesn't want to play in the Patriots, they're gonna. I, I would assume stay and extend their contract to be with them for a long time. That's what I see them doing: is just going on the market when he's gone and just buying a quarterback because they have so much money and they have such a good reputation as a team. Alrighty. Uh, lastly, I mean, uh, I think we got enough time here. Uh, yeah. The game. I mean, just just I want you guys to pick like three or four teams you think will be a, a playoff contender or a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, you want to go first, Ethan, or me? Sure, I'll go first. I would love to go first, even though I point at you to go first. But, um, no, it's, I'm, football's not really exactly my uh, cup of tea, but I can always make a great assumption based on what I see and what the standings say. So, um, I would say my definitely some contenders would be, obviously, the Patriots again. They're a great team. They have a good, stable uh, core. Uh, the Steelers, another very nice team. The Eagles surprised me last year. I can always see them coming back. Um, I can only see them coming back. I'm so sorry. I guess people want to talk to us. I'm so surprised. I'm so sorry. The phone call. I guess they're just popular. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, those three teams especially are really good friends. It's kind of funny. You've listed every single team now that the top medical prospects have uh, picked to go to the Super Bowl this year. Well, maybe I'm doing <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, see those three teams going to the playoffs as well. Maybe it's the Super Bowl this year. Uh, just let me hear your opinion. Um, I think, of course, the two teams that made the Super Bowl last year, I think the Patriots and the Eagles for sure. Patriots are still an elite team, and the Eagles have Carson once back. I think 
the Vikings, definitely. I, I loved how they played last year, making it all the way to the um, NFC Championship game. And I think the, out of the AFC, you got to put the Steelers. I think every year, yeah, the I Steelers, see. yeah. The Saints I, are another good team. Maybe they can give a run for it, but who knows. Yeah. I like the, um, the Vikings. Good, solid team. I don't think they can go that deep in the playoffs. I think they can. I mean, I really like their team. I really like how the um, acquisition of Kirk Cousins. I think the Vikings last year were this close to making it to the Super Bowl before losing to the Eagles. I really do like the Vikings as a team, and I really think that they can make it to the Super Bowl. Another exotic pick was the Rams. Uh, having Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, is there's a real... Uh, they're really good players, and I feel like they could easily make the playoffs this year, and maybe even the Super Bowl, based on the absolutely. The stats yeah, the Rams are another team that I think I they have a big chance of making it. I really liked their team last year with with Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and a, and a really and like Sammy Watkins and a bunch of other people. The Rams are a team that can do things in this league, and I think they're a team that can make the playoffs. I don't know about Super Bowl yet, but they're definitely gonna make the playoffs this yeah. year. Oh my Goff, like I say, who knows what they can do. Maybe that's what we're all going to be saying when they make it there. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen. But I, I, the Rams, that's a kind of uh, out-of-the-ballpark prediction. But I, I do like it. I do like it. Okay. Well, just wanted to say uh, thanks for listening and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And we are so glad to have you. I hope you enjoyed your um, first experience here. To sum it up in just a quick one or two sentences, how was it? How was the experience? And uh, what do you want to come back? Yeah, it was different. I mean, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. And I feel like... Well, I'm so it's glad really, you think it's different. In, in a good way. I mean, okay. I, I, it's really brought out, like, the... <laughs> I told you, oh, it's God. a popularity these yeah, days. Huh? <laughs> it shows a lot of, like, character that we bring out. Yeah. But a lot of things, and just sum it up in, like, a few words, it was... It was really good, really. And I'm so glad it was really good, really. Yeah. <laughs> was, how do you like this episode compared to our others? I think this one was really nice. I think we got more into football, which is different. Like how Very we, different, when, yeah. Yeah, I think we have usually, it's usually baseball and basketball. That's like what our main points are. And I like having football in there. I like kind of talking football. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really excited um, for uh, the football season to start. And I think we're going to definitely talk about it more when the season starts. Absolutely. We, we like to go based on the seasons. Right now, baseball season big. We talked about soccer when it was World Cup season. Yep. Basketball is hot Just right off, now in the trade off season, yeah. right now. And then football, we'll definitely be coming back to that once it um, begins. I would like to apologize again for the whole um, yeah. noise in the background. But, you know, it's it's all right. Life happens. Yep. And like we say, let the world go around. God bless you. And we'll see you in Episode 7. Hope you guys enjoyed this one.